Yeah. So looking and, forward to that. That is, that is March second uh, to sixth up at the uh, at the Philadelphia Cricket Club. So that should be a, a real fun event uh, with a, a really really strong draw. So um, looking and, forward and, to seeing and ran by one of the best promoters in the game, Richard Wade. If we were talking about Mike Way being the possibly the best college coach ever, it, if Rich Wade runs this and pulls this off, is he in the conversation for best promoter ever of squ- professional squash events? Or is that are we biased? Um, I mean. <laughs> He's definitely in the conversation because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> he's definitely part, definitely part of the conversation. Yeah. About to leave, already packing. Come with me, I'm not really asking. We'll get away to a place where we don't know. What about this? This call is being recorded. Fans, we are back for another edition of the Weekly Roundup, catching up on the headlines and results from the professional tour and college squash. Bill, this is basically, it's a little sad. I mean, we're at the tail end of the U.S. swing. It's mm-hmm. we got the PSA going on. The, the college season's coming to an end. How are you feeling about all that? Yeah, it's uh, it's bittersweet. It's been, a, I imagine for those guys, it's probably a relief for the, especially for the college folks. It's been going on forever and it's not what they do for a living. They're, they are students and the coaches must just be like, you know, <laughs> just like <sighs> individuals next week were through the grind of the, of the team championships and through the season and through the, the travel, the travel just must wear on people like riding in those vans and riding on those motor coaches must just be a bummer for, especially I feel bad for yeah. the teams like in Maine who have to travel to Pennsylvania all the time. And vice, maybe and that's vice why versa, Princeton. Sure. Maybe that's why Princeton yeah. doesn't play as much. Doesn't play Prin- Princeton smartest. Say, I mean, granted that didn't have a great didn't have a great a great result this weekend, but uh, yeah, could be could be. Yeah. So how are you? Good. Well, we're going to get into uh, like we said, rounding up the national championships from this past weekend, and then some PSA action. But before we get in that, Bill, people are dying to know. You know, with your birthday going on, how are you celebrating? There's a lot of changes in your life going on. What what can you share? Speaking speaking of sad, so so as far as the college squash season today is uh, the end. We're at the tail end of February. Unfortunately, I my birthday is in February, which I, I'm not sure you, you may know that or not, Connor, because I only talk talk about it like every time we talk. So my birthday month is short, right? It's only 28 days. Do you do the birthday month vibe? Is that like your approach? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, hundred percent. The, yeah. the birthday starts on birthday starts February first. <clears throat> unfortunately, ends Wednesday. Uh, our third no Tuesday tomorrow's uh, I mean yeah Tuesday the 28th so yeah so we that pretty much came to the end of it this past weekend um my wife myself and uh two other couples went to New York City for the weekend um uh, went Friday um and came home yesterday and unlike a couple weekends ago when uh, I celebrated my birthday with nothing but a straight alcohol diet this was a food centric weekend and it was it was ridiculous I, I won't bore people with with every detail but um did nothing since when we got off the train, but just eat, uh, eat and eat and eat. Um, Friday, we went down to Katz's Deli, the famous New York deli to uh, get pastrami sandwiches. And unfortunately, the uh, the line was way too long. So is, is that pro- where um, it's where Harry met when, Sally? Is that when when Harry met? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. There you go. Exactly. Aren't you impressed, Bill? I, I am very impressed. And actually, <laughs> I'm very impressed. Thanks. It's your, your first ever pop culture reference. So um <laughs> So, yeah, so line was too long. So right across the street, there was a Himalayan um, Momo dumpling place. So we went there and it was outstanding. But the highlights of the weekend, I'll give you the two highlights. So on Saturday, um, Saturday, it was freezing cold in New York, but we uh, we bundled up and walked uh, down to Chinatown, which was a good hike. We took the train down to uh, 
down Union Square, then hiked to Chinatown, which was a, like a good hour walk from there, and <laughs> went to a dim sum. Have you ever gone to eat dim sum? Yeah, I. It's a lot of fun. I, I don't think I can do it now with like now that I know that I can't have gluten. It just kind of ruins it. <laughs> yes. But it's so gluten much fun. free dim sum would suck. <laughs> uh, is there even such? I mean, if they make it, I'm I, in. There's no. If they make it, I'm no in. There's no chance they make gluten free dim sum. Put it this way. There's no idea that the communication gap at those places is, and they don't even try. I mean, I try, they don't even try. And I think a lot of them are pretending because you can't tell me that they're, they're, we're able to yeah. survive like without speaking a word of English. But either way, we went to Ping's, which was a famous dim sum place and got there. Got there at like 1130 in the morning on a Saturday figuring, you know, beat the lunch crowd, beat the dim sum crowd. You could not move in that place. It was so crowded. It was so yeah. big and so crowded. And I had never done dim sum before. So I was kind of curious. No, never oh, really? had done it. And I always had wanted to. And it was kind of unsure about how it all worked. And in the yeah. end, it was. You definitely you definitely want to go with someone that yeah. has done it, even oh, just once. Because oh. otherwise, it is. I was it, confused. It, it was one was of those deals confused. where literally every table around us looked like they were <clears throat> doing way better than we were. Like when it came to getting what they wanted to get. And the waiters was very confusing because I was like, well, now do we just wait for people to bring the cart around and then we pick off the cart? And he goes, no, no, you're better off ordering from the menu. And then meanwhile, we like a woman comes by with the cart and like says, you want this? And we're asking what it is. And of course, can't have no idea what she's saying. So in the in the end, in the end, yep. the only real strikeout was I thought that I ordered um, some sort of beef tenderloin like in some kind of Asian black bean sauce. And instead I ordered beef tendon. Oh, it's a little chewier. <laughs> it's a little it chewier. Was, it was, I, I, I always like, you know, it was like, like an Andrew Zimmern type of thing, right? Like, like uh, unusual foods or whatever his show used to be. Um, yeah. yeah, it yeah, was, yeah. I, I tried it. I, I ate three, I ate two pieces. I ate two pieces. Yeah. Gagged on the second piece. It was so chewy. I, the flavor wasn't terrible, but then you, yeah, I can't uh, yeah. do chewy. Yeah, the texture was just chewy. ridiculous. What, I actually don't think I know uh, this about you. So how adventurous are you in terms with like eating like, you know, fried crickets? Would 100% or, try it. Like, I think the put this way, honestly, okay. to be honest, I would eat like a fried cricket before I would eat a banana. Okay, so I, I, I've got a, I got another one for you. Uh, this was a, a friend uh, went to... It was, it was basically like they were um, butchering a bison. So it was like they butchered the, like live, you know, killed it, butchered it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. They got down to the yeah. heart and they're like shaving the heart and handing, you know, everyone's taking a piece. Would you do that? Yes, 100% would try it. So Would try it. Just like I tried the tendon, it would try it. And then if I like the texture might throw me and I'd be like, oh, or I might be, wow, you know what? I like that. Okay. And then, and then suddenly you're like, anyone know where I can get some live bison around here? That would be your thing. <laughs> some bison, some bison heart. Well, you know I'm big hearted anyways, Connor. So true. I have a, you know, that's, I, I, that's how I'm described described by most people. Yeah. Is Bill, Bill is big, big heart, Bill. Person. <laughs> big heart, BHB. So, so lastly, the last, the last highlight was, um, uh, not that we didn't eat a lot yesterday afternoon either, but, uh, um. Uh, Peter Luger's, uh, the return to Peter Luger's first time since 2018 for the uh, birthday steak dinner on Saturday night. You got it. For those who don't know Peter Luger's, got to give a quick setup. So uh, oldest steakhouse, one of the oldest steakhouses in New York. It's like an old German bear hall in in Brooklyn. Really hard to get a reservation. You have to, we got the reservation literally one month in advance. Um, the only time we could get was 6.15 on a Saturday, which may seem early, but again, 60 years old. And with a bunch of 60-year-olds, it was actually a little late. Yeah, like, no 4.30? <laughs> 
but but you go there and it, the waiters have been there a thousand years and they basically you don't if you want to act like a regular you don't ask for a menu and you just tell them what you want to start to finish and it comes out in courses so here's what we had and this will be the last food talk we have we'll go honest we'll get into squash honestly we will so started with bacon literally bacon just like big slabs of thick, thick cut bacon thick, yeah thick thick cut bacon tomato and onion salad which is kind of a rip off there they charge you a fortune for it. it's basically a thick slice tomato and a thick slice onion like you could get at any grocery store but you throw their their um their bacon on that and then throw some of their blue cheese homemade blue cheese on that and it's it's just absolutely outstanding um then the next appetizer believe it or not after that is lamb chops mm. <laughs> so you get a you get lamb chops as an appetizer and they come and they give one for each each person at the table and it's again just just absolutely ridiculously outstanding by that time you're holding your stomach you're like holy cow um i'm full no i like have just eaten so much food yeah i mean you're full it's a lot of food the bacon's a big lot of bacon uh, a lot of tomato onion salad um a lot and then lamb lamb chops thrown thrown on top of that um after that comes the meal so it comes porterhouse for the number of people at the table so we had five at the table um cream spinach potatoes and the porterhouse comes on like a sizzling platter. You have to order it medium rare because it kind of cooks on the sizzling platter. But it's just like ridiculous aged steak, and it's off the charts. And it was just, you, you just you you keep eating till you really your eyes you want you you have to throw up, and you can't obviously because decorum says you can't throw up in a restaurant, right? I mean, I wouldn't think anyway. Um, that you eat because you it's there and it's so good, and you have to eat. You have to keep eating, and then after that's all over. You have to get the what they call the holy cow sundae, which is basically this ridiculously tall ice cream sundae with their homemade whipped cream, which they call schlag on top of it. And by that time, you're you just want to. I mean, the most uncomfortable feeling ever. We took the train down to the subway down there. We had to take an Uber home because there's no chance. The chances of me making it back to my hotel room without something bad happening and on on the uh, on the M train, I would have felt bad for the M train folk. <laughs> you would have who had a stand next to me during during that train ride home is all I'm saying. It would have been, would not have been pretty for might have fit in. Um, I, I might have fit in. you ever you ever get on one of those subway trains and like you you, you say like wow look all the empty seats yeah and then the door opens and you step in and you're like aha yeah. that's why there's empty seats uh, and there's one guy like who like has been living on the train for like a month unfortunately I've, you're like aha that's why and then you run off that's exactly. Uh, it's exactly what would have happened if I got on the M train that night. Well, thanks for sharing, Bill. Um, All right. Good. All good. All good. So that was that was food news. That was our personal food. News. But Connor, more importantly, the collegiate men's national championships were this week. And hey, again, prediction, Bill. How close was my prediction? What was my prediction? I'm trying to remember. Yeah, way <laughs> off. Right. You, I think you were you were rooting for a Gilly Lane. uh I wasn't rooting. I don't root because I'm a podcaster, Connor. I'm unbiased. I'm an unbiased uh, purveyor of news to the to the squash fans out there. I don't root for anyone or any person or any team. I take the evidence in hand and then make a prediction off of based off of well, that. Well, that's predict the bill. So, <laughs> what? Um, yeah, what was your prediction? Remind us. Uh, I predicted again, uh, just as I predicted in the regular season, uh, that uh, that UPenn would beat Harvard uh, up at Harvard uh, during the regular season. I predicted that UPenn would win the national championship. Yeah. Um, Connor, do you want to know who won the national championship? I, I know. Hang on. Drum roll. You, Harvard University. Yeah. Shocking. No. Another shocking result for Harvard University. <laughs> Harvard University beat Trinity in the final yesterday, five to four. Um, 
I have to say it, and I, you know what? I'm not going to disparage Mike, Mike Way. You know what? Mike Way, Mike Way at this point, can Mike Way be considered the greatest coach in the history of squash? Not just college squash, but in the history of squash at this point. Um, well, I don't know. I mean, based on stats, I mean, probably, especially because he has the men's and the women's, right? Which I think uh, yeah. Coach Asiante, who has been men's only, um, yeah, I, he's he's probably getting right up there. And there's wasn't there a year he won the number of years that he's won all three titles, which is uh, yeah, individual individual stuff. But also take his pro his pro coaching career when he was like Jonathan Powers coach mm-hmm. when Jonathan Power was world number one, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, if you add all that in, he's had Ali Farag. He, he's now won. Yeah, he's now won five men's titles overall, including the last, including the last four straight, and he's now won ten women's titles in a row. And and then how many? I, mean, uh, I don't even know if that stats. How many <laughs> uh, intercollegiate individual yeah. titles? Uh, without looking, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm going to say four. Man, <laughs> I have no our idea. Our researcher really needs <laughs> to get on that. Oh, Bill, we're going well, to let them go. We're going to let them go. No, no, you know what? Okay, so let's get into it. So uh, the Potter Cup, um, let's get a little bit into some of the controversy because there were some controversial moments here. Um, Potter Cup, very, very, very tight, uh, tightly contested matches. I remember back in the day with the Potter Cup, back in like – even a few years ago, most of the matches were like eight to one, nine zero. Like there were clear cut great teams that would uh, that would dominate in the Potter Cup, and, and this year not the case. We got to call it Division One because who who knows any of these names is my question. So you, the Potter Cup after Harry Potter, right? No, <laughs> am I wrong about that? Huh. All right, so is that not the case? Is that not who it's named after? I have no clue who any of these people are. So. I have no yeah. clue. Yeah. So Division no 1. Clue. Let's say Sherman Potter. Let's say it's the Sherman Sherman Potter it's named after. Let's go with that. How's that, that sounds good. You know who Sherman no. Potter is, Connor? No. Okay. So either way, in the Potter Cup Division 1, Division A we'll call it actually because that's what they call it. Um there were out of the uh 12 matches played in the in the in Division A, 6 of them were 5 to 4 this year. Yeah. And 3 of them were 6 to 3, which is pretty incredible, right? We, that's like that's really pa- real parity. We did say that this would be a contested national championship. The match of the tournament, though, seemed to be, and again, this is where the controversy comes into play, um, is the Trinity Penn semifinal on Saturday. So a 5-4 win for, for Trinity. Penn Trinity, uh, 2-1. Dana Santry against uh, Benedict Tackman. 8-7. A stroke call goes for Tackman. He... It was very reminiscent of the Kenny, the Kenny Chan Chowdhury match from Yale Trinity from years ago that went viral um, again. And everybody blamed Chowdhury because he was so big, even though it was Kenny Chan's fault completely that that match got out of hand because he was acting like a, a little kid and screaming in Chowdhury's face all up to it. And all Chowdhury did was instigating, instigating and provoking. provoking. So it was the same idea, but the opposite this time. Instead, it was the Trinity kid who was provoking. And screaming in in Santry's face. Now, granted, Santry did shove him away, which he definitely should have done. But when he shoved him away, and again, it's two one nine seven now. When he shoved him away, uh, Tackman dropped to the ground like he got shot. I mean, he took a dive that Ronaldo would have been proud of. Uh, fell down, grabbed his other other arm, <laughs> not the one that he got shoved at. Grabbed his other arm, um, looked up at the ref. Then popped up out of nowhere and screamed again in Santry's face. And the ref gave Santry, who had done the shoving and granted, I mean, to me, obviously there's no place for that in college squash. Uh, it was a, a push away. Gave uh, uh, 
conduct match against Santry. He could have gone conduct game and it would have ended the match the same regardless, but he gave him a conduct match and it ended the game. And it basically takes away from takes away from Trinity's win, in my opinion. But in the number four matches, a kid from a kid from Trinity whose name I don't know, just completely this was right after, literally like ten minutes after um um the the Santry disqualification, a kid from Trinity just leveled leveled a U Penn player into the glass uh, on at the number fours are playing. I mean, violently, violently shoved him in the glass with no no call whatsoever, no conduct, no anything. The difference being it wasn't a dead ball foul. So what Santry did was when the play had stopped, so it's not like it was during the course of play. But the flagrant the flagrant nature of Trinity's kid shoving the U Penn kid into the glass deserved some sort of call. I mean, sure. Trinity, I, um, U Penn ended up winning that match anyways, that individual match. But just, you know what, in the end, these college coaches, and I'm going to get on my soapbox here, especially the established ones. There might be younger coaches out there who maybe are a little bit uh, worried about their job security and know that winning is everything. And there might be alumni who are looking for them to take their program. But these established coaches need to take control of their players. It, it's one thing. High school squash is a whole different animal. And I ranted about it a little bit before. These coaches are, be- the high school coaches for the most part, are beholden to the parents. The videos that I was sent from the Division One of the high school championships would curl your toes, Connor, if you watched them, how bad these kids behave. And they celebrate every point, every point. And, and it gets extolled online. People are like posting pictures saying, oh, this, look at the fans and look at how, you know, this, this is what it's all about. And no, it is not what it's all about. It is not what it's all about. It is what's everything that is wrong with our sport it is if you watch these high school kids celebrate and it bleeds over to college. But the difference again, being in my opinion, the high school coaches, are kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place if they want to keep their jobs and keep their money flowing in to their uh, to their to their schools and you know not get harassed by the parents. But college coaches, Paul Ciante needs to step on court and take his kid off court and just say, "Hey, look, we we don't care if we win the national championship. This is more important. Paul Ciante's legacy is cemented. Nothing he's going to do. He could go Owen whatever the rest of his career, and he's still going to be thought of as a great coach. But I'll tell you what, the behavior of some of his kids during that semi-final in the street and again i was just sent video- i was just sent video clips from different people it was abysmal and you know what you get the same from john white and his kids are poorly behaved on court david palmer's kids poorly behaved on court i mean these guys are big names in the name in the game of squash and they could step up and do something about this yeah. and they could step to the forefront and say hey no you can't behave like that you're not going to play and maybe the other coaches will take note and you know for lack of a better word the CSA men's semifinals and the CSA men's tournament and even the women's tournament so that wouldn't be such a shit show when it comes to behavior yeah I mean I think I share sort of a zero tolerance approach with this kind of stuff and trying to elevate sportsmanship the final match was pretty clean and from all reports that I received and from this some of the stream that I watched that the Harvard tourney match was pretty clean but as, as someone pointed out to me look uh, that's because the uh, the other matches were such a nightmare and and the behavior was so poor that you know the message had been sent yeah so a, a shame a shame but it doesn't take anything away from Harvard uh, again congratulations to them they're they are proving you know you, you could uh you could say what you want about uh and and I got to they're like the Yankees everybody roots against them but they keep winning. Yeah. Yeah. So that's well done. Uh, shout out to the other uh college um uh squash uh B division Columbia beat Dartmouth so uh Chris Sockvey who uh who left uh left the job at the Arlen Specter Center uh 
to start this year wins a national championship. So well, well done, Chris. Um, uh, Amherst beat St. Lawrence uh, in the C division. And Bowden, I'm going to give a special shout out to Bowden. They had a very, very difficult year. A uh, lot of injuries, a lot of illness. And they came back and beat Dickinson 7-2 to two to win the D division uh, final. So congratulations to Bowden and, uh, on, on uh, taking what was basically a nightmarish year up there with, with as far as all they went through to, to win the championship. Um, a special shout out in the C division, uh, in the first round C division, uh, our, our friend of the podcast, uh, Pat Cosker's, uh, Hobart team beat his old team Bates six to three. Uh, Hobart came in as the number six seed Bates, the number three seed and, uh, Pat Cosker exacting, exacting a little, uh, it's got to be sweet to come, you know, when you're uh, when you're you beat your ex team when you're the lower seed and you beat them in a in a national championship matchup. Yeah, for sure. So, well, exciting. So that was exciting. Yeah, exciting. Now we have the individuals coming up this weekend. Looking forward to that. I'll, I'll be on site down there, so uh, um, doing the individuals. So looking forward to uh, to I'm looking forward to plenty of good sportsmanship and uh, and uh, and plenty of uh, vi- uh, coaches coaches who know that the sport is bigger than themselves and uh, them doing the right things because I I know that our chastising them is going to, is going to change everything. Well, it's a, uh, the individual is it basically ends up being almost like a PSA event. Um, yeah. With the, yeah. the caliber of players going on. I still think it's, it's tough after you, you kind of get mixed results in terms of like, who's beat up from the season. Right. You know, for some of these athletes, it's like tough match after tough match after just, just the drain of being part of a team match is really challenging. So, a lot of mixed results that can come in. So it's so other highlights, Connor. You were down in DC for the uh, squash on fire, uh, the the PSA event, the uh, men's and women's uh, bronze event that took place uh, down in uh, in DC. You held the qualifiers, and one of your qualifiers uh, made it all the way to the finals. I mean, this was a true Cinderella story. Um, very exciting. So with the wild card playoffs, we had uh, Amina Orphy winning her way from the um, playing to the university club, playing into the main draw at Squash on Fire. And that was an exciting story by itself, but then to go all the way through to the finals and beating players well above her ranking. Um, we had, uh, she defeated Lucy Beecroft, you know, in the top 50, uh, Sivram, uh, Subriani. Say it, Connor. Say it. Say it. Come I th- on, do I th- it. I think do I. Di- I think I got it. Uh, Subriani. I think it's sub Romanian. Oh, sub Romanian. Uh, sub Romanian. Say it. Come on. Say it. Sub Romanian. Uh, yeah. you know, top ranked t- uh, twenty player. Uh, not a boss taking her down. Girl. Yeah. Word. And um, losing to Tanay uh, Gillis, who just a little uh, bit too I experienced. Mean- I mean, I, I don't know if it's biased on our part because I, I I was texting with uh, with uh, Sabrina Sobi. You didn't mention that she beat Sabrina Sobi. Oh yeah, thanks. You know, I, as I told Sabrina, we are a jingoistic podcast. If nothing else, because there was a little a little um, at the end of uh, when Little Orphan Annie. What, what was her name? What's the girl's name who won? Who who made it to the finals? Amina Orphan Annie. She's, uh, Amina Orphy. Amina Orphy. I, I prefer Orphan Annie actually. So especially with her glasses. Um, so she beat uh, she beat Sabrina in the semi, and at the end it was a five game looked like a war. And at the end, um, Sabrina uh, went shook her hand, and when she walked away after shaking her hand, um, little Orphan Annie like reacted, like threw her arms up in the air, like, "Hey, what just happened?" So I texted Sabrina yesterday and said, "Would you mind telling me if it if you don't mind what like what you said to her?" Did, cause that reaction and she said i said nothing he said as, as um sabrina's uh texted me she said i gave her a a 
firm handshake and a hard stare. <laughs> I like that. So um, that little that was a 73 minute match. The Little Orphan Annie did not have a lot left for Tanae Gillis in the finals, obviously. But yeah, just a great run. A little worried about Little Orphan Annie's on court activities. She doesn't seem to call her double bounces a lot. Um, she seems like she has a lot of junior squash left in her uh, uh, on the pro level, which is never a good thing when someone acts like that on court. So um, hopefully, hopefully someone will uh, rein her in because obviously 15 years old. She if continues on this trajectory. She is going to be something to contend with down the road. Yeah. The lineage for winning the world junior champion and turning into top 10, if not top five players, pretty high correlation. So, I mean, we're looking at probably the for sure top five uh, player in the future and, you know, potentially so- world number one. But look, what do you do when you're like 16? What if she like gets like add some weight, add some muscle and becomes like a power on the tour at 16? Do you still play? You've already won the British Junior Open. You've won the World Junior Championship. Do you continue playing those events, or do you like, hey, I'm just a PSA tour player now? You know, I think each person is different. There's, um, there's, you know, if I were, one thing you could do is, is if you're thinking forward to your career, is also adding legacy. So the British Open would be probably the only other junior one to play in, as well as in the World Junior Champions. Like those would be the two of right. note that you would want to, you know, cement your name on there. Otherwise, yeah, more, more pro squash. Are you back? I am. Yeah, I'm back. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. I mean, it's uh, we're just odd coming. It just got to be very strange to be going from a squash on fire final and then going to play some junior event somewhere. Right. It just has to be the whole the, that whole scenario has to be so strange for her. Like, yeah. how how do you get how do you get up for that? Like, yeah. you know, so either way on the men's side, um, Victor Kroon, um, kind of, kind of cruised to the, fi- to the, to the, win. his toughest match was against USA, Timmy Brownell, I know. a five game war, a, a Harvard battle in the, uh, in the second round, um, that, uh, that, uh, Kroon came out on top again, but a, a nice, a nice, nice match for Timmy, uh, for Timmy Brownell pushed him to five. It's amazing. I mean, um, Timmy Brownell has been taking was taking top 20 players uh, to five uh, mm-hmm. on, on occasion, but to push someone in the top 10, like that's amazing. Yeah. So it's a, I, I watched a lot of that match and it was, it was a battle and you could, uh, a lot of respect. That was a fun match to watch. So that's a good match to watch because obviously a lot of respect between these two players, both Harvard guys, they know each other very well. And um, that, that's the kind of squash you kind of want to watch um, as opposed to the, 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 uh, the uh, the knife fights that uh, that we watched in the in the CSAs this weekend. Um, yeah. our, our, well, we, another we mis- another uh, five gamer that was really tight was uh, Nathan Lake versus sort of Goso in the in the second round and you know thirteen uh, eleven in the fifth and mm-hmm. there was moments where Nathan you know he had it and it's again we're not going to blame the refs for any one loss but there was towards the end when it came down to the wire. There were, you know, three or four calls that went against him. Uh, and he just needed one of them to go his way. And that was potentially uh, for him. And and I, I appreciate Nathan Lake so much because he, he doesn't he doesn't make excuses. Right. He, he know he lost. He knows he knows that referee calls are part of the game. So he doesn't make that the excuses why I lost as, as other players do. And I think a lot of our uh, our younger players may want to look up to that example and say, hey, it's the rub of the game. That's how that's part of squash move on act classy move on maybe maybe some of our college coaches could uh could take that cue also from from nathan lake nathan, nathan lake uh college co- future college coach maybe 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 setting the example for some of the uh 
some of the some of the folks that we've been talking about. Yeah. So the other we we have to mention the other Timmy, our boy Timmy Lususa. The uh, the we we I got more more feedback from making fun of Timmy Lususa last week than I did for anything else I've ever said on any podcast ever. More reaction from people who number one, some people thought it was like really really funny. And the people who know Timmy, um, for the most part. A lot of people had no idea because they have no idea who Tim Lasusa is or what his background is. Um, people thought it was very funny to other people saying, "Wow, you crushed him!" Like that was really mean. <laughs> Connor, I know. What are your thoughts on What are your thoughts on that, Connor? Uh, well, yeah, uh, a savage. You were called a savage by many people. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, like I, I think, like I said, there's a few different camps. People are like, don't even know who, what you're talking about. Uh, right. Right, you know, podcast of one, oh, audience of one. I was talking yeah. about. It was basically for you and for Tim, who, who I was talking about. So, yeah. um, Tim, again, from the Upper West Side penthouse to private school down to Georgetown, uh, scratched and clawed his way, to, and he got to play his idol, James Wolstrop, and, and he looked t- like he had a grand old time. I watched, I watched uh, the whole. I didn't watch it live because I was out, but I did watch. Uh, I did watch it on tape, and uh, he looked like he uh, had a fabulous time out there. Yeah, it took him to three. It was impressive. <laughs> by the way, by the way, Timmy did the double. He played in the tournament and then also emceed the tournament. So he's gunning for you, man. Gunning. Would you, would you, would you, would you think if, if you had, I mean, on, you didn't know Tim LaSusa. You don't know him. Just say this scenario and be honest, Connor. I know you have trouble with this kind of stuff and just say you'll never run into Tim LaSusa again. Get, rate his MCing on a scale of one I, to five. I, honestly, I didn't see it. Uh, oh, Connor. Yeah, you I, bail. So what? Neither did I. I'm still going to rate it. Uh, what do you mean? I can't rate something I didn't see. Oh, I can. I'm gonna I'm gonna say he did a better job against James Wilstrap than he did emceeing the tournament. I'm gonna say that right now, having not seen him emcee the tournament. Well, How's that? Well, for any of you promoters out there who are thinking of hiring Timmy Lasusa, I'm just saying, like, just I mean, what I mean, what just wasn't just wasn't up to up to snuff. So it's not unbiased. That's Bill Buckingham's unbiased, unbiased. MC re, unbiased MC review. Yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs> Bill, you should just publish like an MC rank- ranking list brought to you by like who knows who but just <laughs> <laughs> uh, i i actually i would be i would be i always say gilly lane's the best mc in squash i do say that 100 gilly lane is the best mc in squash second best mc in squash Je- hey jenny duncalf who should, we should give a shout out to jenny duncalf for having a baby um i don't know if you remember connor um in our in our tbd iteration of our podcast when i was uh doing emceeing and jenny duncalf was starting to get like all the mc jobs and she had just gotten married to Rachel Grinham and they were making, you know, that could yeah. be a lot of news. You Love said, is Love article and have a baby, Jenny Duncalf. And, and Jenny Duncalf listened and had a baby. So, <laughs> so consider she's out now. So, so I'm now, I have, I have usurped. I am now took Jenny Duncalf's place in the MC rankings right behind Gilly Lane. Boy, you just got to release them. So um, <laughs> we didn't really, uh, so going back to the Victor Cruen winning the Squash on yeah. Fire Open. Yeah, so what? Who cares? I'm tired of Victor Cruz. I don't want to talk to him anymore. I don't want to talk about Victor Cruz anymore. We're back to. Uh, I'm Harvard M- out. I'm Harvarded out. MC. Congratulations, Victor. Yeah, let's get, let's go back to the MC rankings. Um, let's go back to the no. Congratulations, Victor. Obviously, he's he's playing really well. He's playing the best squash of his career. One last thing about uh, and I was I was looking to see who made the finals against him, and it was uh, Mohamed Al Shabini. So in Houston, Mohamed Al Shabini. Um, his, his but a fu- really funny kid he is a very funny kid and on court he's i mean he's he's fun to watch and he, he, he's uh he complains at houston because in houston we as, as we talked about there's like a woman who cooks there and it's not far from the court and you could smell the cooking and it smells awesome because she's an awesome cook and muhammad al-shabrini every year complains stops mid-match when he's about to serve and complains that he could smell food 
<laughs> and I always ask him about it in the interviews, and he always says, "Well, I didn't. I don't eat before the matches, so I'm hungry." So I'm just wondering, at Squash on Fire, how on earth did he make it to the finals, knowing that there is like considered one of the best restaurants in Washington D.C., like basically abuts the court. Yeah, uh, well, I don't think the 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 smell was that prevalent. Uh, I can because okay. the kitchen is elsewhere; it's in the back. But um, there was um, there's a dog at Squash on Fire uh, that you know kind of free reign wanders around. Very you know big dog. Probably is it, is it a Dalmatian? No, no, no. no. I, I don't know what Should kind be. of breed. Yeah, I know, I know. The and it was kind of wandering back and forth, and he did make a comment like, "Why is this? Why is this dog wandering back and forth?" So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's just be happy they're not cooking the dog, Muhammad. No, oh, geez. So coming up, we have uh, the black ball, the gold tournament in black in, in Cairo uh, coming up uh, the second to the eighth. Um, but on top of that, we have Connor. What's the right. big, what's the really the biggest tournament besides the CSA individuals? Obviously taking place this weekend. But uh, what's what's the biggest tournament on the squash calendar right now? I mean, up? it has to be, and I'm I'm gonna go from memory here, so I probably get it wrong. The the Chestnut Hill Classic brought to you by. Chestnut Hill Springside or something. Oh, Connor, you were so, so close. Chestnut Hill Classic presented by Springside Chestnut Hill Academy. Oh, 2023. I was close. I was close. Yeah. Yeah. So looking and, forward to that. That is, that is March uh, 2nd to 6th up at the uh, at the Philadelphia Cricket Club. So that should be a, a real fun event uh, with a, a really, really strong draw. So um, looking and, forward and, to seeing. And ran by one of the best promoters in the game. Richard Wade. If We were talking about Mike Way being the possibly the best college coach ever if rich wade runs this and pulls this off is he in the conversation for best promoter ever of professional squash events or is that are we biased um i mean he's definitely in the conversation because <laughs> <laughs> he's definitely part definitely part of the conversation yeah exactly all right. all right well we look forward to it look forward to talking about that tournament um uh, next week and connor uh, great as always to see you and um likewise see you next time yeah, well, and, uh, you know, just focus on your. Um, what do you, what does actually one have to do to focus on your MC rankings? How do you how do you get better? How do you get better at MCing? Yeah, or no, just forget the the actual gaming the ranking system. How do mm. you do that? How, are you, are, do you want me to give advice to a young MC out there saying like how could he climb? Is what what's the question? Yeah, so when which is the key, Connor? Asking good questions. That's key number one, by the way. Well, Timmy Lususa. <laughs> not, not, not. How do you feel about that win? Well, yeah. Give the inside track. What would you recommend? I would recommend not doing it and leaving it to the professionals. Uh, if you're thought thinking at some point you want to do it, don't. Just say don't, and just say, look. If you're a tournament promoter and you need an MC to elevate your event, say Gilly's retired because he's full time coach now and he has like a ton of babies and he can't. He doesn't have the time anymore. Jenny Duncalf, also semi retired, has a, has a ton of babies. She can't do it anymore. Bill Buckingham, Bill dot Buckingham, Buckingham US at gmail.com. And this, uh, thank you. And this podcast is brought to you by MC Bill. <laughs> MC Bill, exactly. <laughs> All right. what, what, do you remember my idea for the, for the podcast that we would, uh, I get drunk and ask questions of squash players and we call it MC Hammered? <laughs> Actually, you don't remember that? I don't. I, I think we might have edited that out, but you know. Okay. We'll keep well, it in this time. Do we? Are we also going to do uh, comments from the coach? Are we doing. <laughs> Well, I think I think I think uh, Gilly's Gilly's loss in the semifinals put the, put this kibosh on comments from the coach for this best. Maybe you know next year, next year. Bill, there's always a next year. See you, Connor. See you. Thanks for listening to another show on SQR Squash Radio. We really do appreciate you taking the time to listen, and we have a quick ask in an effort to help us grow. If you have a quick minute. 
please consider sharing an episode with a friend who might be interested or leaving a rating on any of the platforms you listen to your podcast. It would mean a lot to me and the rest of the team. Thanks so much and have a great day.